With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's the rhyme ruler, the mind of the master. The prime poet designed for disaster. A crime candidate, the light heavyweight. I might levitate right through the heaven's gate. Rhymes record break, next bonds and vertebrae. Simple and plain like Kanye, I heard him say. It's murder one when he murder tracks. I'm a dirt bag, flirting with songbirds and Birkin bags. My first raps catch Roberta Flack. I'm a certified Mac, but I'm sure you ain't heard of that. Slim thugging them hoes, they been loving the flow. They been hunting for men like in Vogue. And I, I'm in season to season vet. I don't need respect. All I need is to check. Might check. Way. Morning, night, and day. What's up? Minnesota sports fam. Welcome back. Monday edition of the Minnesota sports fan daily. I'm your host, Eric Strzok, Minnesota sports fan, minnesotasportsfan.com. We got plenty of stuff. Got some things. We got topics tonight. Um, We're talking... We've got Kirk Cousins topics. We've got um, Vikings, Wild, just a, just the worst start to a season that they could have possibly imagined. Um, what else do we have? Oh, Gophers land just a huge, huge recruit uh, in both size and importance. Um, A-Rod and Lori news. Twins. Korea, Arise. Again, you're watching Minnesota Sports Fan Daily. I'm your host, Eric Strzok, with Minnesota Sports Fan, minnesotasportsfan.com. If you're watching on YouTube, I appreciate it. Leave a comment, concern, question. I'd be happy to shout you out on the show. If you're on Twitter, I appreciate it. appreciate anybody who's going to watch. Listen later. You can listen later uh, if you would like. Uh, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Minnesota Sports Fan Daily is what you're looking for. So there's all sorts of uh, ways to consume this content. Quickly, start with some announcements before we jump into the actual show. Um, for those of you who don't know, I am going through, well, I call it a divorce. Um, girlfriend, baby mama of 12 years. We are splitting up, so... I have a lot of shit going on in my life right now, so there was no episode on Friday. I even meant to stream an episode last night on Sunday to make up for it, but wasn't able to do that. Tomorrow, because I'm living in Illinois, as most of you know, um, and running the website out of Illinois, that won't change. I'm going to have to get my own place, Um, but... The traveling back to Minnesota, and here, like, I'm leaving to go back to Minnesota... From Tuesday to Monday, tomorrow. So, 
I'm not exactly sure how many episodes per week we're going to have. I'm going to bring my equipment, and if I can't go live, I can record the podcast version. If I have any internet, I can upload the video uh, version up to YouTube. But worst case Ontario, I can do a podcast version of the show at least and get the content out. Once my life settles down, like I'm thinking early December, end of November, and I have my own place, we'll get right back into the groove every single night, same time, same place, etc. Until then, please just bear with me while I just figure my life out and get everything situated. The show's not going anywhere. The website's not going anywhere. We're bigger and better than ever. Um, luckily, because the website uh, is blowing up and more money is being made on a daily basis than ever has before. And I need it more than ever before. So tell your friends, minnesotasportsfan.com. Read everything that we got there. Anyways, so that is just quick announcement. Nobody needs to feel bad for me. Life goes on. But just so everybody is aware of uh, what's happening over the next couple weeks. All right, so let's get into it. Enough of this nonsense. Talking about my personal life and shit. All right, where should we start? All right, so Wild lose again tonight. Moved to 0-3 on the season. And really, the worst part about watching the Wild right now is they don't look that bad. Offensively, they don't look like a terrible team. They have speed. They have scoring power. They have talent. They're putting up goals. Goals haven't been a problem. At this point, you have to assume that Bill Guerin... I believe the Wild ended up losing after a empty net tonight, 6-3. That's eight goals the first night, seven goals the second night, six goals in the third game. And I know the defense hasn't been great. I'll say this a hundred times every single time we talk about hockey. I'm not a hockey guy. So seeing a goal go in and knowing if it's defense's fault, if the forward missed an assignment, if it's the goalie's fault, I'm not always going to see that. But you don't have to be a hockey person. To see that the goalie play the Wild have had so far in the season has been dog shit. Mark andre Fleury, dog shit for the first two games. Gustafson, Philip Gustafson tonight, not very good either. But Gustafson isn't supposed to be any good. He's supposed to be a backup goalie who can come in and play 20 games a year and hopefully win half of them. Hopefully play well enough to where a good offensive game can still get you a victory. But what's happening right now in net for the Wild just isn't tenable. Like, we, you just can't give up six, seven, eight goals a night and expect to win any fucking games. So you have to wonder. Bill Guerin had no problems letting Cam Talbot go. He re-signed Fleury because they're best friends, best buddies. I still don't really understand his obsession with Marc-Andre Fleury, especially after last year because he was mediocre last year at best. Wasn't great in the playoffs. So then it's like, oh, I am going to go and... Piss off Cam Talbot. Um, offend him, essentially. I mean, I don't know if Cam Talbot should have been offended, but he was. And risk losing half of what I have at goalie to sign a 37-year-old Marc-Andre Fleury pretty much because he's my best friend. Like, Fleury and Garen are close tight and I know that 
so far, Garen's been great. And he's been, for the most part, I don't care who you are. I don't care what your age is. I don't care what your role on the hockey team has been before. Cut Parisi, sat Parisi, cut Suter, paid their uh, buyouts, uh, cap-strapped the Wild forever. Like, I don't care who you are, unless you're Marc-Andre Fleury. Then I will bend over backwards to get you to come back at 37, 38 years old when you weren't that very weren't very good before, and knowing that signing you could piss off my other starting goalie so much that he wants out. That's exactly what happened. So now there's no Cam Talbot. Marc-Andre Fleury sucks. And you have a average to below average backup. Like It's going to get to the point where the Wild have to make a decision. Do they go out and trade for a goalie? I mean, that's not what you want to do. I'm, are you going to call up like 18, 19-year-old Jesper Wallstead? I don't know if that's a good idea. So I don't know. I just think that Garen's in a bind, a bind that he put himself into. And that's obvious on a night in and night out basis. And then speaking of questionable decision making, how in the fuck did Marco Rossi get scratched tonight? How how does how does that happen? I'm still trying to wrap my brain around scratching Marco Rossi. He, you're playing him like seven and a half minutes a game. So it's not like you're giving you've given him in the first two games just an abundant amount of ice time, given him a chance to really prove himself as an NHL center. You've given him seven and a half minutes. You've lost two games in a row. And the person you scratch is Marco Rossi. We're blaming Marco Rossi for going 0-2. Like you call up another young center? Like what I, I are you trying to send a message to Marco Rossi? Because even if Marco Rossi isn't ready, and from everything I've heard, there isn't like character issues with Marco Rossi. So even if he's not ready to be in the NHL yet, like what message are you sending him by putting him up in the press box? If anything, send him back down to Iowa. Let him get 18, 19, 20 minutes a game on the first line, centering the first line down in Iowa, and let him get better. Marco Rossi is a huge part of your future. Not only that, you need Marco Rossi to be really good. You don't have any money for the next two, three years. You can't afford to go out and sign a big-time center, trade for a big-time center. So Marco Rossi is your big-time center. Like, you need Marco Rossi to be good. So we're going to play mental mind games with him two games into the season when you haven't even given him a real shot anyways. You buried him on the fourth line. And then now you're blaming him, a fourth line center, and saying you're the guy that needs to be scratched. What? And then Garen, Evison, they don't do themselves any favors because they get asked about it after games and they make up stupid excuses that don't make sense. Like, oh, you know, they didn't, um, the other team didn't play their fourth line, so we weren't able to get our fourth line out. Well, why is Marco Rossi on the fourth fucking line? Marco Rossi is a playmaking center. If he is not in your top two lines, or maybe on a third line and getting rotated in, getting at least 14 minutes a game, 13, 14 minutes a game, if you can't get him that, then put him back in Iowa. What the fuck are we doing? I said it earlier, 10 minutes ago, 5 minutes ago. I'm not a hockey guy. You don't have to be a hockey guy to know how to, how you should and should not handle your young, developing, talented players. 
And I have been on Bill Guerin, on Dean Evison's cock. Great. Awesome. Great coach. Great general manager. I love this guy. I love that guy. But, I mean, you got to call a spade a spade when you see it. I mean, this just not only have the Wild been struggling at times on the ice, defensively, um, the goalies, but it's like the Bill Guerin and Dean Evison are, like, panicking. It's just not a good look right now for the Wild. Not, not a good look at all. All right, next up on the agenda. So Wild get three days off. So they don't play again until, uh, what would that be? Today's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Wild don't play again until Thursday. So that's a nice long break. Hopefully they can get their fucking shit together because they need to get their shit together so bad. All right, so moving on from the Wild. Let's jump over to Gophers men's basketball. On Monday evening the Minnesota Gophers got a commit a commitment Minnesota Gophers men's basketball team from the biggest commitment that they have had since for sure 2009 depending on uh, which rankings you want to take most serious um, the best since 2003 his name's Dennis Evans he is a uh, center 7-1 center from Riverside, California. His composite rating, which the 247 composite rating takes into account ESPN, 247, and Rivals rankings. And they put Dennis Evans at a .9881. That gets him a very, very high four-star status and makes him the 31st uh, best recruit in the country. Not centers. Not Minnesota, in the entire country. If you look at 247 Sports themselves and what they think of them, again, they give them a high four-star, 96 overall. That's actually 27th in the country overall. Uh, the Gophers were battling it out mostly with TCU, Kansas as well, but Kansas kind of dropped out of, the, out of the running last week. Came down to Minnesota and TCU, uh, TCU, from what uh, Darren Doogie Wolfson said on uh, one of his podcasts over the weekend, uh, it sounded like TCU was had more NIL money to offer and that Dennis Evans was kind of leaning towards TCU. But then something changed uh, coming into the weekend. I believe the go I believe the coaching staff like made a, not an emergency visit, but kind of a last minute uh, visit to Evans. I don't know if that changed his mind or if he was, you know, there are rumors that leak out everywhere. He might have not been leaning towards TCU. Either way, he commits to the Gophers today, tonight, and I can take you back, actually. Here's the... So here's the Gophers 2023 recruiting class so far. I mean, holy shit. Two four-stars. 2023, two four-stars. That's their recruiting class so far. They had a great recruiting class last year, too. Um, I'll get to that in a second. Uh, here is the top recruits of all time for Gopher basketball. Chris Humphreys, class of 2003, the only five-star composite-rated player to commit to the Gophers, and he was, like, the worst teammate of all time. His dad was going into, like, the locker room at, like, halftime and, like, coaching him up, and it was just a complete disaster. Royce White, 
uh, I love Royce White. You should go and check him out on Twitter if you're looking to get into new, very conservative, uh, young politicians. I would look up Royce White on Twitter. I would highly recommend it. Uh, but back in 2009, he was the second highest recruited or highest rated recruit in Gopher men's basketball history. And that's where Dennis Evans comes in. Number three, when you look at composite rankings, he is the third best recruit in the internet era of Gopher men's basketball. Daniel Oturu comes in fourth behind him. Amir Coffey comes in fifth behind him. Rodney Williams, Isaiah Washington, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So just a, a massive pull for Ben Johnson. But it shouldn't be surprising. Uh, we brought Ben Johnson here for recruiting. Didn't bring him here. I mean, he's from here. But we hired him as head coach for his recruiting prowess. One of the best assistant coach recruiters in the country while he was here, while he was at Xavier. Daniel Oturu committed because of him. Um, Amir Coffey committed because of him. He went to Xavier, uh, was an assistant coach there. Again, very highly thought of recruiter. And then he comes to Minnesota, and he was hired to close the walls around the state of Minnesota. He's, I mean, you're not going to do that fully, but more Minnesota kids are landing at the University of Minnesota. They have three freshmen, I believe it's three, maybe even four, I can't think of them off the top of my head, coming in to the program this year out of Minnesota, and two or three of them at least are going to get heavy minutes, or at least good minutes, to start the season since Isaiah Enen and Parker Fox are injured. So he is doing much better in the state of Minnesota. But for him to go to California and pull the 30th ranked player in the entire country and bring him back to Minnesota, that's like unheard of. That's like impossible. (laughs) But again... This is a new recruiting age for the Minnesota Gophers, and part of it is just effort. I've talked about it on the show before. I've tweeted about it a million times. I loved Richard Pitino as a person. He was the best interview out of probably any major um, Minnesota sport ever the six major sports men's basketball football and then vikings timberwolves wild and twins out of all of those teams i could listen to richard patino over any of the other coaches that have ever co- that i've ever heard do an interview from any of those other teams pj flack included and i would listen to richard patino's first he's funny he's charismatic He gets it. He's, you know, he'll make fun of himself. He'll make fun of others. Just sounds like a great guy. If I was going to go and have a beer with one person, one coach, from my history, from what I've seen in the state of Minnesota, Richard Pitino would be at the top of that list. As a basketball coach, I I thought he was a pretty good basketball coach too. Was he great? Not necessarily, but he was pretty good. Players trusted him for the most part. But he's the worst recruiter in the Big Ten, possibly in all of major college basketball. When Richard Pitino would have recruits right here in Minnesota, he was living in like, I don't know, Edina or Egan or wherever the fuck he was living when he was here. And there would be kids playing 
right in his backyard every single night, pretty much. And he would go and watch none of them. None of them. He'd just sit at home, kids, wife, Twitter, whatever. And that pissed all the home kids off. Because as the Minnesota Gophers, you're not Duke, you're not North Carolina. Like, you're not even Illinois. <laughs> like, Indiana. Like, you're Minnesota. You got to try harder if you're going to get really good recruits. And Richard Pitino did the opposite of that. And he was good in the transfer portal when it came into existence. And he was good in the last minute, getting high-talented kids who were overlooked or for whatever reason had something go wrong with their recruitment. You think of Isaiah Inen, who was a four-, five-star kid, but he was coming from Germany. And so it wasn't like this just smooth, you know, you can visit, whatever. Like, there was issues with the recruitment because he was from Germany. So Richard Pitino lands him kind of at the last minute. You know, and then when he had good recruits like Ben Johnson, that's when he got Oturu, that's when he got um, Amir Coffey. But, like, there wasn't, like, he was just never on the grind. Like, Richard Pitino would make a great, like, D3 basketball coach because he doesn't have to go out and recruit he can just go show up do his you know whatever few hours of practice go to the games and enjoy his life Richard Pitino would make in probably the best D3 men's basketball coach in the country but he'll never be an elite D1 basketball coach because he doesn't enjoy the grind of recruiting like the good ones do so that's why that's why the Ben Johnson hire was just massive and I think if if he could stop, if his teams could stop dealing with so many fucking injuries, Parker Fox, Isaiah Nen, both lost to knee injuries last year, both lost to knee injuries this year. Like, what the fuck are the chances of that? So that is his biggest detriment. He has way more talent, and they'll be good this year with Battle and Garcia, but they won't be near what they should have been because Isaiah Nen and Parker Fox are arguably the number three, four players on the team. It would have went Garcia battle and then fox and then enen would have been right there four five six instead both those guys go out now we're in trouble i think they were gophers were picked like 14th out of 15 or something like that in the big 10 i don't even fucking know how many teams is there only 14 teams 13 out of 14 whatever the case is they were picked like second to last and i guarantee you that if parker fox and isaiah Nen are healthy there's just absolutely no chance no chance no chance that they end up uh, being picked second to last in the Big Ten this year. All right, let's move on to, I think really we can just go to Charlie Walters. So Charlie Walters, if you don't know who Charlie Walters is, Charlie Walters writes for the Pioneer Press. He's like their most tenured um, sports columnist. And he writes a semi-weekly. I think that's what it is, right? Every other week, or would it be bi-weekly? It's one of those I would I would Google before I put it into a pod or before I put it into a blog. Either way, he writes every other weekend, and some of his uh, columns are exploding with inside information that hasn't come out yet or isn't well known. 
Other times, it just doesn't really have that much. It's kind of whatever he collects over the two weeks between when he writes them. This last weekend on October 15th, when it was published, uh, updated yesterday, it was one of the more meaty columns that I've seen, and that's kind of where our next like three topics come from. It starts with Kirk Cousins. He says here that Cousins is essentially about to get another extension with the Vikings. That if the Vikings go to the playoffs, if they have another successful season, and they're going to be drafting in the back of the first round because they're a playoff team, then Kirk Cousins is going to get an extension. Here's how it reads. It's starting to look like, Charlie Walters writes, the Minnesota Vikings will have Kirk Cousins as their quarterback again next year and possibly beyond. Cousins, 34, already is guaranteed... $30 $30 million for the 2023 season, the final year of his contract. He has played well enough through Vikings' 4-1 start that the notion of trying to trade him for draft picks to get an elite quarterback next spring might not be a consideration. If the Vikings continue to win, they wouldn't get a high enough first-round pick to take a top QB anyways. There's even a distinct possibility now that the Vikings, if Cousins continues to play well, next March could extend him for at least a year through 2024 when he was would be 36. A one-year extension would be expected to cost nearly $40 million. I'm in I'm I'm in on another I'm in on a Kirk Cousins extension. All right, I'll just come out and say it. I've I've been in on most of them. I don't normally complain too much about Kirk Cousins. If he's playing bad, then you know I might throw a blog out there that I think might get a whole bunch of clicks. Like one time I think uh, it was a couple years ago, I wrote a blog after he sucked for a couple weeks about how long it was before we could get rid of him and that blew up. So I mean if I can get some clicks off of it, I certainly will. But I've pretty much been on the Kirk Cousins bandwagon, not not the Kirk Cousins standwagon. The Kirk Cousins standwagon is a di- is a dangerous place. Brian Heinz, uh, who might even be watching, who knows? Brian Heinz, he drives the Kirk Cousins standwagon. Him and he and Joe S. Joe Spinoza drive the Kirk Cousins standwagon. I'm I'm not on the standwagon. Keep me the fuck off the standwagon. I only care about the Vikings winning fucking football games. And if I think that Kirk Cousins is a detriment to that happening, I will flip the fucking cart right over immediately. I got no, um, no, uh, what the fuck? Loyalty. I have no loyalty to Kirk Cousins. All my loyalty is to the Vikings and whatever I think is going to help them win. But that is why I believe a Kirk Cousins extension is a good idea. Look, you can hate Kirk Cousins all you want. You can say that he's not this, he's not that. But Kirk Cousins is a lot of things that the two-thirds of the NFL wishes they had. Especially this year. What he can't he can't perform in the clutch? Kirk Cousins has been the most clutch quarterback in the NFL so far this year. Are his numbers great? Not necessarily, but he's learning a brand new not brand new offense, but a new offense. He's getting um He's getting going with Kevin O'Connell uh, as his play caller. Like, he's figuring it out. And when the Vikings has, have needed him, he's been daggering teams. So, like, you can't have it both ways. The, the, the Cousins haters who, for the last five years, have said, yeah, he puts up all the stats, but what does he do, what does he do in the clutch? What does he do to actually win you games? So now, his stats aren't necessarily, they're not terrible, but they're not that great either. 
But now he's daggering teams when you need him to. He's coming through in the clutch. So which way, which way do you want it? And when I look to the future, to the near future, to the next two, three years, the Vikings are always going to try and win. The Wilfs want a playoff team every single year. It's going to take a lot for them to tank it all. We saw that this offseason. They had the perfect opportunity to hit the tank button, to start over. They had an excuse to do it. They were changing quarter, or they were changing coaches. They were changing GMs. It would have been the perfect opportunity to hit the reset button. But the Wolves aren't about hitting the reset button because the reset button doesn't make them money. So if the Vikings are going to try and win games, then Kirk Cousins is their best option. And the article from... Walters lays it out. They're not going to get some first round, like high first round draft pick for trading Kirk Cousins. And they don't, they're not going to have their own high first round draft pick because they're a five and one team that would at this point could stumble into a 10 win season. So then you have to ask yourself if we're in a position to win, if we're a playoff team, What's our best bet? Drafting a quarterback in at like 23 overall? That's going to really set off your franchise? Or is it Kirk Cousins who consistently shows himself as a top 12, 13-ish quarterback? I mean, it depends. Where do you rank Russell Wilson right now? You know, like those are the types, if those guys are falling back, like Russell Wilson has been terrible, and Kirk Cousins is moving up, well, now he goes from the 13th, 14th best quarterback to the 11th, 12th best quarterback. So, I mean, what do you want? Because the chances of drafting the next Patrick Mahomes, the next Aaron Rodgers, is pretty much zero. Even if you think you have that guy, it is very minimal. So I am all for a Kirk Cousins extension. I'm all for riding Kirk Cousins out until he's 37, 38 years old. If he wants to retire a Viking at 40 and he's still playing well enough to warrant that, I'm in. I'm in. Especially you have a star receiver that needs to get the ball. Like you can't go and draft a Justin Fields and have Justin Jefferson as your wide receiver. How, Like we already, anytime Justin Jefferson doesn't catch 10 passes for 200 yards, we're already going, mm, what's wrong with Justin Jefferson? Is it Kirk Cousins? Can you not get him the ball? You think you're going to bring a Justin Fields in here and throw for 120 yards a game and keep Justin Jefferson happy? No, it ain't happening. So I think the Vikings, if they decide, if as long as they keep on winning, I think extending Kirk Cousins, especially just one season at a time, definitely the best option. I'm all in. All right, also, in again, you're watching Minnesota Sports Fan Daily. I'm Eric Strzok, Minnesota Sports Fan, minnesotasportsfan.com. If you are watching on Twitter, thank you. I appreciate it. Come over to YouTube. I will see your comments, questions, concerns, shout you out, whatever you need. Um, if you uh, can't, if you like the show and you can't watch it live or can't go back and watch it on YouTube, Twitter, whatever, driving, um, you know, listening to your headphones, mowing the lawn, uh, you can go to Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio, all the major ones, and you can um, uh, subscribe to the show. In podcast version, I try to cut out of the podcast version some of the more silent moments as I'm searching for things, like earlier when we, the sound isn't working through my desktop for whatever reason. 
Uh, so it's a little bit smoother even if you listen to it on the podcast version. Make sure, like I said, subscribe and um, yeah, procrastinating homework. Uh, subscribe and rate the show only if you're going to do five stars. Come on, don't do that to me. Um, so yeah, that's another way to uh, consume this content. All right, let's move back to Charlie Walters uh, article from over the weekend. Another couple notes in here that are just very intriguing to me, and I haven't gotten a chance to blog but about it, but I still might because I just haven't really seen this anywhere than other than here. Um, here it is. The Twins have control of batting champion Luis Arise for the next three years. Arise can't become a free agent until after the 2025 season. He played for $2.125 million this year and can expect at least a $4 million raise if he doesn't accept an anticipated just sneaks it in there. An anticipated offseason offer of about $7 million for five years. So if you're Luis Arise, you can play this year for about $6 million, probably get maybe up to 8 or $9 million next year, maybe top $10 million in your third year. Or the Twins are offering you $70 million over five years. Let me get out my calculator again. We've talked about this. I'm not, I don't do math. $14 million a year. So I don't want to say that that's a no brainer, but that's a no brainer. Like, let's see, I can make $6 million up to eight, up to maybe 10 over three seasons, or the Twins are going to offer me $14 million a year to add two more seasons on top of that. I would guess Luis Arise jumps at that uh, opportunity, and I just think that that's one of those. Luis Arise is a perfect person to offer this type of contract to because he's a singles hitter, he doesn't hit for a lot of power, and that just doesn't have the same leverage in the MLB as what it used to um, compared to like home run hitters and uh, players with high OPSs. And because of that, there's no guarantee that three years from now, Luis Arise is going to get offered $14 million a year on the open market. Will he? Probably. If he hits over 300, wins another batting title, then yeah, maybe he makes that. But if you're Luis Arise, that's not guaranteed at all. So if the Twins are going to come in and they're going to guarantee me $14 million a year when all I'm going to get without it is $6 million this year, 8 up to 10 on my final year. I'm taking that $14 million. But that's not the only uh, Minnesota Twins player that's mentioned. It now appears Twins shortstop Carlos Correa's free agent market will end up at about $30 million for seven years. Correa is 28. So I didn't go back and clip this because it was really, it was really just a guess. But on the show last week or a couple weeks ago, I was just throwing out random numbers that the Twins might offer Correa, things that I think would be at least worth it. And I said $30 million for seven years, $210 million total. If they could get Carlos Correa for that, the Twins would be absolutely retarded not to jump on that opportunity. You're saving $5 million a year from what you had for him on the next two years if he would have opted in. 
And you're only having to stretch it out for seven years when guys like Lindor signed like a $340 million deal for like $35 million on like 12 years or something just absolutely absurd and ridiculous that the Twins would never even touch. And there have been some rumors that say Carlos Correa could, is going to get that same type of money. But according to Charlie Walters, he's going to get $30 million a year for seven years. That's $210 million. Darren Doogie Wolfson said on his podcast, The Scoop, this weekend, that the Twins are going to make a legitimate offer. And I've seen other people say that too. To me, anything less than $30 million for seven years at a total of $210 million is not a legitimate offer. So if Carlos Correa is really going to go for $30 million on seven years, $30 million a year for seven years, the Twins need to win that. Like that is one this, that would be one of those opportunities that they might never get again. To get a perennial gold glove MVP type shortstop with the leadership and all the intangibles that Carlos Correa brings to the table. These are guys that almost always go for 10 years in the top of the fucking market. 35, 40 million dollars, 10 years, Boston, LA, New York, etc. If Kirk Cous- or if Kirk- If Carlos Correa is only going to go for seven years at 28 years old, that puts him till 35. We're not talking about locking him up until he's in his 40s. That puts him until 35 years old, puts him at less than what you were paying him last year, and you only have to stretch it out seven years. If that is the truth, if that's actually what Carlos Correa ends up going for and the Twins don't land him, then fuck them. You have to win that bidding war. Like, yes, if the you know if the Mets are gonna come in and go, well, fuck these twins. I don't want to deal with them. Let's just offer him two more years and another five million dollars a year and just get the twins out of here. Fine. If Correa goes for nine years at thirty-five million dollars a year, he's not signing with the twins. But thirty million, seven years, that is feasible. That is doable. The twins can do that, and they should do that. All right, let's see. All right, I got one thing left on my agenda. Well, actually, two things, technically, if we want to talk gophers. Uh, Just quickly, A-Rod and Mark Laurie have another payment due to Glenn Taylor that will get their shares up near the 50% mark. There's still a lot of questions on, this is from uh, Darren Wolfson and uh, Charlie Walters. I think it's in Charlie Walters' piece, too. That it doesn't, A-Rod's not going to be making his, like, portion of the payments, it doesn't sound like. It sounds like the way it's heading, Mark Laurie is going to probably be the majority owner of the Minnesota Timberwolves, which... I don't want to say it makes me nervous. If they get him a, if they if they get him an arena, then everything will be fine. Nobody's gonna leave if the if uh, they get a brand new arena. But if they don't, Mark Laurie's like building like this futuristic like city. And what would a futuristic brand new city that just got put on the map in the United States? 
what could they use to attract people to their city? Maybe a NBA basketball team? So, just saying, get Mark Laurie his fucking arena, or he will probably move the Timberwolves to his new city. That wouldn't shock me one little bit. But that payment, I think it's like due in like the next three weeks or something. Uh, oh, next six weeks. Be about a 300-ish million dollar payment. All right. Finally. Let's finish with uh, a little bit of gopher talk. So Tanner Morgan injured. In their loss to Illinois, that's their second straight loss. They now have two losses on the season. And what we thought was going to be roses is now looking like a possible disaster. I don't want to say the game in Penn State is a must win. Because it's not necessarily a must win, I guess. But man, the Gophers need a big win. If they could go into Happy Valley and steal one in a whiteout night game against Penn State, against a ranked Penn State team, that could completely turn the season around. And after Penn State, the Gophers don't really have anybody unless you count Wisconsin and Iowa as somebody. So if they could, if P.J. Fleck can somehow rally the troops against Penn State and get a victory in Happy Valley... It could turn the whole season around. If they don't, the Gophers are in trouble, man. Lose three in a row like that, and yes, the games start getting easier. I don't care what P.J. Flex says. Momentum exists. If you lose three games in a row, and you were hoping you had hopes to win the entire thing, the entire Big Ten West, that's just a gut shot, man. And I'm not saying the Gophers can't recover from it and go on and win the rest of their games after Penn State and only end up with three losses on the season. That would be a solid season. But it's a lot to ask. Whereas if they go and beat Penn State, now they still only have two losses on the season. And they have competition is way minimal compared to what they've already faced. So then you're turning, all right, we beat Penn State, beat a ranked Penn State team in Penn State in a whiteout. I feel pretty good, but... Then the question comes down to, is Tanner Morgan going to play? Do the Gophers even want Tanner Morgan to play? Um, I, If I had to guess, it would be that we will not know if Tanner Morgan's going to play until game time. The Gophers will know. They will know if Tanner Morgan's going to play. But P.J. Fleck won't want Penn State to know, and they don't have to do injury reports or anything like that. So P.J. Fleck will hold it close to the vest as long as possible. I think that it would be better for Tanner Morgan to play against Penn State. If we're thinking about the future of the Minnesota Gophers, Athen Kaliak Manis would be the best person to put in there. Athens the future of Minnesota Gophers football. Tanner Morgan is not. It'd be great to get Athens some run in a huge game like this in that type of environment. It's not like he's a true freshman. He's been around the team for a couple years. He's went into some of these big stadiums. He's seen the atmosphere. It'd be really nice to get him some run in a game like this and see what he can do. Give him a whole week of game planning. See if he can put the not put the team on his shoulders, but put that type of starting quarterback responsibility on his shoulders, go into one of the hardest places in the country to play, a night game in a whiteout, 
and just see, like, let's see what he's got. I'd be fine with that. I think Tanner Morgan's a better option, but I don't think he's that better of an option. Tanner Morgan has proven himself over the last two games to be the Tanner Morgan that we thought he was and not the Tanner Morgan that we hoped he was going to be under Kirk Straka. Um, so I'm, it's a huge game, another huge game. These, every game that the, every time the Gophers lose, the next game gets that much bigger. And, uh, they've, so they've kind of put themselves into this position by themselves. Like you got to beat the Illinois, the Illinois of the world. You know, you have to beat Purdue. Like those were the games that you had to win because it turns out those are now the two teams that are most likely to win the big 10 West. If you win those games, if you even win one of those games, then you are one of the teams that's in line to win the Big Ten West. But you lost them both, and you played like shit. So that's why you find yourself where you are now. But anyways, that's it. That's all we got tonight. My name is Eric Strzok, Minnesota Sports Fan, minnesotasportsfan.com. Um, unlikely there's a show tomorrow because I'll be on the road, and I'm actually stopping in Iowa City to hang out with my little brother who plays for the uh, Iowa baseball team. He's got like a scrimmage thing tomorrow. And then um, and then I'm staying in Iowa City and then heading to Minnesota on uh, Wednesday morning, very early, like 5 o'clock in the morning. So it's just it's highly unlikely that there's going to be a show tomorrow. Uh, but I will try Wednesday. I'm bringing all my equipment, even if I just have to do podcast only. Um, then that's what I'll have to do. So if you're not following me on Twitter, follow us on Twitter at RealMNSportsFan. If I do end up doing podcast-only version, that's where I would, hey, I did a podcast-only version and put a link out there uh, for you guys to listen to. Stick with me over the next month as I go through all my personal shit, and uh, we'll come back on the other end. We'll come out on the other end better than ever and more consistent than ever if you can just stick with me uh, through the end of November. While I, um, cause I'll be going back and forth to Minnesota like every other week, um, until I can get out of this house. And, uh, so yeah, stick with me, not going anywhere, but not tomorrow. I won't be here tomorrow, but the next time I see you, I'll see you. Eric Strzok, Minnesota sports fan, minnesotasportsfan.com. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. See you next time. Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting? Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.